Okay, let's start. Divrei Hayamim Aleph, Perek Yudches, Perek Chapter 18. That's what we're up to. David HaMelech was just told that he cannot build the base HaMikdash. In the last Perek, uh, he went and he wanted to, uh, but he was told by Hashem not. And um, he um, accepted it. And not only he accepted it, he said, thank you, Hashem. Thank you, because Hashem said, instead of a building that David will build, Hashem will build his house. Hashem will build a future with Malchus based David. So David was very excited about that. <laughs> and he thanks Hashem. And he waxes poetic in the second half of the chapter. And now this parak gets into what happens then. This is a parallel to Shmuel based parak Ches. And even to Hillim, parak Samach is a discussion of what happens in this parak. Why was David not able to build the Beis Hamikdash? Again, we mentioned it. The Psukim will say in a couple of Prakim, and that is because he is not a king of peace, and you have to have Shalva from all the enemies in order to build. So David Amelech, really, from here to the end of this of Divrei Hayam Aleph, is David Amelech getting the everything ready for Shlomo to build the Beis Hamikdash. That means fighting wars because Shlomo Amelech could only build it when there's Shalom. So David Amelech takes that upon himself that he has to fight and get rid of all the enemies and getting all of the materials and saving it and being mocked to shits. That's really what happens over the next couple of, of, uh, of Prakim. So a number of the wars that he fights is uh, against surrounding enemies, not really in Eretz Yisrael proper, but Aram and Moab and Edom and Plishtim, as we will see. And he wins those wars. Hashem is with him. He takes all of the spoils and he donates it to the Beis HaMikdash. Uh, and the end of the Perak just lists off all of the major um, positions that are in David's cabinet. Yoab and Sruya, he's the uh, the head of the armed forces, and um, Tzadok and Avimelech, and you have the Kohanim, Shav, Shav is the uh, scribe, the Sofer, Binayahu. So you have all of these, David Amelech taking charge, getting ready for what is going to be. So let's see this parak again, parallel to Shmuel Beis, Paraches, as we go in order. The last parak was parallel to Shmuel Beis, Parak Zion. But also, we have the beginning of Tehillim, Perak Samach. How does that Perak start? To teach us. When David went to war against Aram Naraim and Aram Sova, which is this Perak. And uh, Yoav goes and smites Edom. 12,000 soldiers. And then David Amelach starts. Classic Tehillim. Hashem, you left us. You anafta, you are angry with us. Please help us out. These are the emotions that David was going through uh, when uh, he fought. And towards the end of the parak, we say, Help us. Right, so that's the song that David sang and the emotions that he felt during this story. So again, Tehillim has to be understood each parak. Uh, with uh, what was going on in David's life when he wrote it, which all the Mepharshim discussed. So here we start our parak now. After this, after what? After getting a no from Hashem and realizing that he wasn't going to be the one. Look what the Mepharish says. Mepharish Rashi. Amar David Since it's not going to be me, but it's going to be my son who's going to build the Mikdash. I'm going to get everything ready. That's what I could do. So when my son comes to build the base of Migdash, he'll have everything he needs. And now, that's what the Sefer, that's what Dibir Yaman goes, it tells us this whole story. He fought with his enemies. And he was mockedish all of their spoils to the base of Migdash. Uh, and this is what happens when you have a story that connects to a detail and 
putting it into a context, then the next number of prakim fulfill what is being told in our parak. That's what happens here. So now, David goes and fights the plishtim. There are, over the next two prakim, there are five battles in enemy territory. David obviously felt he wasn't stum, uh, fighting a battle for no reason, but it was because he felt threatened. And he felt that at any time, the enemies might pounce, so he was preempting. David as plishtim. The plishtim themselves had, had fought uh, previously, so it wasn't really. They were sure, David already knew that they were going to attack if he didn't attack them. So he went to smite the plishtim, and he subdued them. Plishtim many times uh, come up in these um, in these battles. There's a beautiful uh, gra in Chabakuk. I think I might have mentioned this in other shiurim uh, that uh, Rav Daron Peretz, who's his, uh, his uh, book all about uh, the Jewish state, he, this whole whole first half of the book is based on this gra. The gra says in, uh, on, in Chabakuk that there are three types of anti-Semites and enemies of the Jewish people. He, I think he talks about Moab and Edom and Plishti. Moab and Edom, those two are the physical, the ones who want to destroy us physically and the ones who want to destroy us spiritually. And we've had many of those throughout history. We've had the Haman stories and the, the, the Purim stories and the Hanukkah stories. But the Plishtim are unique. The Plishtim are against Jewish sovereignty. That's what the Gra says. Right? The, Jew, the Plishtim don't care if there are Jews in Australia. Right? The Germans did. Right? And, uh, and other enemies did. And Haman did. And the, and the Ivanim did. But the Plishtim don't care. The Plishtim just don't want Jews in Eretz Yisrael with uh, Jewish sovereignty. And that's why the Plishtim fought David and fought Shlomo. Because they can't take the fact, the reality, that there is a Jewish state and there is Jewish sovereignty. And that's what David is doing here. He is solidifying his um, sovereignty and authority by fighting the Plishtim. God is one of the five Plishti cities, as is listed earlier in uh, Navi. But that was the main one. So he took Gat, Ubnoseh, Biat, Plishtim. Vayach is Moab. And then he went to Moab. Interestingly, Moab. How did he fight uh, Moab? Well, we'll see soon. Vayu Moab, Avadim. That says in the Torah, you're not supposed to fight certain uh, nations. Altiskarbam, right? Amon and Moab. Vayu Moab, Avadim, Ludavid, Nosev, and Cha. And Moab were servants to David. So how did, uh, how did one do that? So it's interesting. Some of the Farshim point out that, that, that it's uh, interesting that w- when B'nai Yisrael were in the Midbar, Moab was scared that the Jews would attack them, and therefore they hired Bilam to curse the Jews. Once they hired Bilam to curse the Jews, so that, was, that allowed the Jewish people to, to attack them. They started up first. They started up first. There's an amazing Medrash. The Medrash Tanhuma. The Medrash Tanhuma in Dvarim says that um, we're about to fight Aram also, right? David's about to fight Aram. So the Medrash says, Kishahalach, this is an Oz Gimel in Parshas Dvarim, Kishahalach Yoav li'lachim em Aram Narayim, when Yoav went to fight Aram Narayim, as is described here, and in Sefer Shmuel, and in, and in Tehillim, Yatsu so they went out to meet him, right? They weren't uh, fights from afar, like in the now, but they went uh, uh, man to man, so they screamed out to him, Amrlo, Atvi v'ribanav shal Yaakov, what do you mean? Yoav, you're from the descendants of Yaakov. And we're from Lavan. There's a covenant. You can't um, go against the covenant. Right? So we're descendants. That bris is still, uh, we're binding. Yoav says, really? He told David, he goes back to David. What am I supposed to do? Amalei. Matomer. Hariatnai Shvua Yaakov. Miyado Shibu Sanhedrin. Right, so what happens? He gets the Sanhedrin ready. Shoshan edus lelamed. Right, that's the pasuk that we just read into Hillim. Limdu va'amrulo be'emes kachayat tonight. The Sanhedrin says, yes, that was the tonight, but they abrogated. Ela shehem avru tchila. 
Bilam Arasha, Lokach Amar Min Aram Yancheni, Balak Melach Moav. So Moav and Aram both started up. Vekushan Rishatayim, Lo Shibed Banu, didn't Kushan Rishatayim in the beginning of Shoftim? He started up with us. Shenemar Vayavdu Bnei Yisrael as Kushan Rishatayim. Hamer Shiu Aleinu Shnei Rishayos. So they did this. Because they did that, therefore, we're able to. Kivan Shahoru Lama Sanhedrin, Kachazar Aleim Vahargum, and then Yoav took care of business. And that's what happened with all of these enemies. So the fact that the in the in the midbar they started up, that's what allowed us to then start up with that. This reminds me of a little bit of the uh, a comment of Rishlomo Kluger. Right? There's a, a comment that we know of the Megillus Esther on the Rambam that the, the Megillus Esther suggests that the Rambam does not count the mitzvah of Yishevaret Yisrael separately as one of the 613 because it's not uh, it's not uh, Lamaisa. Uh, only when the Jews went, first went in and when Mashiach comes. That seems to be against everything. That seems to be against everything. Temp sucking in the Rambam, where the Rambam quotes a halacha, that Yishev Yisrael is Chai V'Kayim B'zmanazeh, and it's a mitzvah da'araisa, and came out all the poskim uh, assumed that way. The Megil, the, uh, the Vayol Moshe, the Sam Rebbe, liked this uh, uh, Megillus Esther, and he had his whole thesis of anti-Zionism uh, uh, based on the Shalosh Shavuos at the end of the Gemara and Ksubis, uh, which states that one of the Shavuos, one of the oaths that were taken in history at some point was that the Jewish people will not go back en masse to Eretz Yisrael, Bechazka. Um, so that's that's the basis of the Gilsester and the Vayol Moshe. There are a hundred different answers uh, to explain what is that, how do you get out of that Gemara? First and foremost, the main one is that that's an Agadita. That's not Halacha. No Rishon, no Posek, Rishon or Achron ever quotes that Gemara as a Halacha. There's an Agadita. We don't even know what it means and when it is. So that's the real answer. But there are ten other answers given. Where the Meshachachma says it's not called Chazaka once um, there was the Balfour Declaration, but others, others say, uh, Rav Shlomo Kluger writes in his Haggadah, uh, that whenever there's an agreement, look at the other Shavuah. One of the other Shavuahs is that the Jewish people should not be subjugated Yosir Midai. The Umas Olan shouldn't destroy us Yosir Midai. Isn't it interesting that right after the Holocaust, Rahman Litzlan, that's when Jewish sovereignty returned. Right after they fully abrogated their Tzad, we weren't bound anymore. The Shulchan Aruch says, in Yeridea, Two people that swear to do something. One of them violated their shvua. The other one is automatically pater. Says Rabbi Kiva Eger right there on that Shulchan Aruch. The whole thing falls apart. Says, says the uh Shlomo Kluger in his Agada. Maase yide yotzer. That um, this is this is uh, this is lamaisa. This is lamaisa. The Jewish people are subjugated and destroyed more than um, more than appropriately. So then uh, they are not bound. So even lishita so of the Megillus Esther, right? They, they, they've abrogated first. So that's exactly what the Tanhuma says here by Aram and Moab and the like. So David goes and fights. Uh, Moab, and he takes care of Moab and makes them avadim. And David smites Hadadezer, the king of Tsova, which was one of the areas up uh, up north, um, when he was going. Unclear when who was going, when David was going, or when Hadadezer was going. Not clear. David takes 1,000 chariots, and 7,000 horsemen. Other men. David is and David is ma'aker. What does that mean? He disables all the horses. Disables all the horses. He had a hundred for his chariots uh, that were uh, that were left. 
why did he disable all the horses? So the Radak and the Mefarish all say, because he didn't want to violate the Isser Daraisa of Aser Laharbos Sus. Shlomo HaMelech wasn't as careful in some of these uh, matters, in terms of uh, Lola Harbos Nashim, uh, but here, he didn't want to be Mar Besus, he didn't want to be Mar Besus, uh, and therefore, he disabled them, he only had enough for his chariots, only had enough for his chariots, right, this is an Isidar Isa, there's a beautiful Medrash, the Medrash says, on, uh, on that Pasuk, uh, that Ahmad Shlomo, Shlomo HaMelech, later on, uh, was going to say, don't worry, I'll have a lot of horses, and my heart won't be pulled away. Olsa Yud Shebi Right, the Yud of Lo Yarbe went in front of Hashem and said, Hashem is not fair. If Shlomo Melech violates this, Lo Kacha Marta ain't os betelim in Torah laolam. Hari Shlomo omenu mavatelosi. It's the uh, the Medrash. So Kasha Esther Zayim la Torah. Hari Kamuk Dolam b'Yisrael over Mitzvah Hashem. Many many great people did Averis. What does it mean? Dafka the letters of the Averis that they violated went up to Hashem. Why is it Dafka by Shlomo? So Vayish Shlomo says Lo Zayim la Torah. If there's any Jew in the world that's doing the mitzvah of Tzedakah, of Hashavah Saveda, then the mitzvah is not being batel, because there's some Jew in the world doing it. Even if many people are being mezazel in a mitzvah, the problem is, lo yarbe only applies to one Jew, only applies to the king. So if the king is not fulfilling the mitzvah, then it's batel. That's why the Yud went up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Amazing. But we have Yarbe again, Susim, uh, he shouldn't have too many horses. He also points out, as I am Torah, that Jews in Tanakh don't have horses. Right? It's all the royalty, mostly royalty of uh, the non-Jews. But they still have Chamorim, and they have uh, Izim, they don't have horses. They don't have horses. It's not uh, interesting. You know, it might be some symbolism about that too. But that's the um, so that's what David Amalek does to get to make sure not to violate the Isser of Lo Yarbe Lo Susim. We'll see at the end if there's more time to talk about that. Vayavo Aram Dar Mesek Lazar Lahadadezer Malach Sova. So the Aram came to help out Hadadezer, and David takes care of him too. Vayav David Baram Esrim Mushtaim Elafish. Vayasim David Baaram Dar Mesek. David. Um, um, uh, takes over. Aram Damasek, Vahil Aram Ladavid, Avadim Nosim Mincha, they were servants, they paid tribute. Vayosh Hashem Ladavid, Rukhalashur Halach. And Hashem was with David on all of these battles. David, at some point, made Aram into what, we, what the Gemara calls Surya. Surya, which has certain dinim Durabanan of Eretz Yisrael, but that's what's called, uh, by Chazal, Kibush Yachid. Kibush Yachid. Why is it called Kibush Yachid? Right? If it's uh, David Amelech, so that's a Machlokas Rashi Tosfos that many know from the first parak of Masechas Gittin on Davches. David Amelech, Rashi seems to say the Pashup shot of the word. Yachid means because David Amelech didn't do it with all of Klai Yisrael there. But Tosfos quoting the Sifri, the Sifri at the end of Akev says, no, because you can't go and expand the borders of Eretz Yisrael until you've conquered it the, every, within, the enemies from within. Maybe some of the other enemies that they went out because it was dangerous. They just went and conquered them, but they didn't um, make this uh, as an expansion of Eretz Yisrael. Aram, Hashem, David tried to expand the borders of Eretz Yisrael. That's questionable. Kibosh Yachid. Before you get to, you have, at the, uh, the, the language of the Sifri is, Samach Laplatra Shalcha, Lo Harashta, Pirish Yevusi, Shay Samach Lu Yushalayim, Vataholeh Fakovish Aram Narayim, Aram Soba. First deal with Yushalayim. Right, so that's why it wasn't uh, Niskadish fully. Rav Salvechik gave the mashal that Kedusha's Eretz Yisrael is like an overflowing cup of wine. So it only overflows once it's full. 
It's got to be full and then overflows. So the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is like an overflowing. So once it's full, but it wasn't full yet. David Melech was trying to make it overflow, and it's not full yet, so therefore that didn't work. It didn't have full Kedusha. So that's, again, the, a discussion in, in uh, the Goran Gitin Davches. It's also in the Yerushalmi, in the sixth parak of uh, Shavius, uh Halacha base. Okay, so we continue. David Melech is on the move with these uh, enemies. Da, and Hashem is with David. All the gold, everything he finds from all of these battles, he brings it to Yerushalayim, where the Aaron is now, where he lives. These other cities, he gets a lot of copper. Shlomo Melech takes this copper and uses it. Uses it to make various uh, pillars of Eskol, Klan, Achoshes, and all the Kalim. This was David Amelech's Kavana with all these battles. Base Hamigdash was on his mind. Meanwhile, Tou, who was the king of Hamas, also up north, Tou heard that David Amelech, Kihika David Eskol, Chel Hadadezer, Melech Sova. Hadadezer had been an enemy of Tou. So Tou felt very thankful that David took care of his enemy. To say, give shkoyach to David, l'sholo l'shalom l'varcho, and to give him a bracha. Alasher nilcham b'hadadezer be'yakeo. Thank you for fighting my enemy. Ki ishmo chamos to haya hadadezer. He was his, uh, he was his war man. V'kokliyzav v'kesef v'nechoshes. And to also sends much gold and silver and copper. When David, when Shlomo Melech was gonna uh, get get ready, he was gonna have everything ready for him. Gamosam and also these presents that David got from Tou. Hikdish Hamelach David Lashem David Hamelach was Machdashit. Im Akesev Azavah Shernasa B'Kalagayim, along with the gold and the silver, Me Edom Umi Moav Umi Bnei Amon Umi Plishtim Umi Amalek. And from Amalek, that's interesting. The Rina Yitzchak here discusses that some Rishonim say that not only is Amalek has to be wiped out, all of their rachush, not just their people and their animals. But all the rechush has to be destroyed. So how do you, so if you say that it doesn't include the rechush, fine. But if you say the rechush, so how did David Amelech use some rechush from Amalek to be able to uh, build the base of Mikdash? That's his discussion uh, there. He says maybe for some reason it doesn't apply today because there were other enemies. They were really in the middle of another battle. The Isser of rechush of Amalek is only when uh, that's the only one left. But maybe if there's other battles being fought now, so maybe there's no uh, there's no Israel Chush. Okay. The Avshai ben Sruya, as was described now in Tehillim, um, Avshai, Avishai, and Yoav, right, these are uh, these are all uh, David's nephews, if you remember. Tsruya was David's sister. David Sruya was David's sister. So Avishai and Yoav were both David's nephews. Avishai ben Sruya, he cast Edom Begeamelach. Avishai ben Sruya smote Edom in Geamelach. Right, interesting, the Radak points out it's a little tricky because in Shmuel and also in uh, Tehillim, it says that it was Yoav. It says that it was Yoav uh, and not Avishai. So maybe some of them fought the, fought the beginning of the battle, some of them fought the, uh, the end of the battle. But that's a little uh, uh, tricky to put together all the Psukim, but the Radak does that. The Radak does that here. So, Avshem et Sri, he gets Edom Begay Melach, Shemon Asr Elaf, 18,000 soldiers. Vayasem Be'edom Nitzivim, and he appointed representatives. Vayu Kal Edom Avadim David. they were all Avadim. Vayosh Hashem is David, Bekal Asher Halach. And Hashem again was with David. You want to say he did something wrong with Kibosh uh, Yachid? It doesn't seem that way, or because David Amelach, he stayed with David Amelach throughout. Vayimloch David, I'll call Yisrael, and David was king. Vayi Osem Mishpar Utztak Alachalamo. And he started being the judge. He started staying there. Now, even though there were wars now, now he started at home, and therefore he appointed, next Pasuk, Yoav ben Surya Latzavah. Yoav, you're in charge of the army now. David Elch has taken a back seat in that area, and he's doing Mishpat Utstaka. The Gemara in Sanhedrin Davav wonders, Mishpat Utstaka. Mishpat sounds like the letter of the law. 
And staka sounds like righteousness and extra. So how do you put together? So ezu mishpat sheishpot staka. What is this together? So that's what the Gemara talks about pshara. This is the pasuk. This pasuk and also the pasuk in uh, in Shuvah and Beraches, the parallel pasuk. This describes David and Melech pshara, which is always the what we try to do in. Um, in uh, in halacha, interesting pshara. The Gemara there says one opinion says there's a mitzvah to do pshara, and another opinion says it's aser to do pshara. Usually you don't have me katzel ela katzel, such a machlokas. Rav Salvechik writes in one of his writings that yeah, I think pshara it's it's a uh, it's it's cutting edge, but it's also risky. On the one hand, it's shalom. Everybody's everybody's not happy, and everybody's happy at the same time. But it's not ms. So you might think din. The whole purpose of din is ms. So pshara is for sure not ms. But it's an overriding value. And if it's an overriding value, then we'll take that even at the expense of MS. Right? And that's where Salvechik writes in one of his articles in the first volume of Reflections of the Rav. Uh, Imshara, however, social harmony is the primary concern of the Dayan. The fine points of the law and the determination of precise facts are of secondary importance. The goal is not to be juridically astute, but to be socially healing. Right? And that's the goal. And that's Mishpat Utstaka, and we learned that from, from David Amelach. And then the parak ends off. Yoav is on the head of the Tzava. Yehoshaphat ben Achilo the Maskir is the secretary. Sadok ben Achitov and Avimelach and Avyato, they're the Kohanim. Shavavsha is the scribe, the Sofer. Ben Ayo ben Yoyad al-Kreisvah Different Shatim, what that means. Does that mean literally in charge of some weaponry? Or does it mean the Yorm Batumim? Ubenei David harishonim liad hamelech. And the children of David themselves were ministers. Liad hamelech, David's right-hand men. This takes us through Parak Yudches here in Sefer. Tiber Hayamim Aleph, Parak Yudches.